All right, so uh, like Natasha said, tonight we are starting with a series called Finding Joy. So turn to the person next to you, and if you don't have someone immediately next to you, shout to someone next to you, just Finding Joy. All right, so if your name is Joy, we do want to say welcome to church, and we are really glad that you found us. Um, But during this series, we will be um, going through the book of Philippians, uh, which is an incredible book. And actually, um, all of the books of the Bible are really cool, so I can really recommend the Bible to you guys as a book that you can read and study. But um, Philippians is really an incredible book, and there's this huge theme throughout Philippians about joy. Um, so, but we're not only going to be preaching about it, we are going to be reading through Philippians as a church together as well. So if you go to the third slide, I think, Ethan, um, you guys will see that we have an online platform, um, that's, and you go to where? Highfeld.online. It's very simple to remember. Um, and you'll see on the front page, there's a space where you can click here to join the Bible reading plan. So we did that um, a while back with, uh, what book was it? Colossians, thank you. That's why you're here, Sean. Like, you've got my back, man. Um, so we did that through, with Colossians. And something that we're trusting for as a church is not just that you guys will be sitting here hearing the word preached, but that you will spend time in your Bible and you will hear God speaking to you. So it's great that you get to hear the word of God preached and it's biblical and God calls us to that. But there's a deeper thing that God desires for each and every one of us. And that's that you will hear God speak to you. So as we are going to be preaching through Philippians We're also going to be reading through Philippians. All right, so that's going to be awesome. So if you go onto the Bible reading plan, you'll see that it's basically broken down into simple portions for every day. And everybody say, that's awesome. Um, So if you haven't caught up yet, today we are going to have a lacquer participatory service. All right, you guys know what that means? I don't either. Um, But basically what it boils down to is you guys saying a lot of stuff that I say, we say. And then I say, you say, we say. Together. Okay. Um, But we're going to be talking about joy. So whom of you would like joy in your life? All right. Those of you who have no hands to raise, um, that's fine. We, um, like, there's, there's this place where this group will find joy on behalf of this group. Okay. So let's try again. Whom of you would like to find joy? All right, that's good, that's good. Now, when you think about joy, there are certain things that will add joy to your life, but then there are certain things that will take away joy from your life, okay? So I want you to quickly picture in your mind, what is something that if you lost that, you would not be very happy? There would be an element of joy that's missing from your life, okay? Everybody has something who would like to... You're like really giving me this not low. What is it for you? Your guitar. All right. Peter as well. If Peter was to lose any of his seven guitars, then that would be like a loss of joy to him. All right. Who else from this group is willing just to shout it out? Mario, your husband was pointing to you. Oh, (laughs) if you were to lose your wife, then (laughs) that's a good one. All right. You get points for that. Um, All right. So, All of us have got stuff that add joy to our lives, and all of us have got stuff that take away joy from our lives. Now, if we think about the season that we're in globally, there's many things that are not able to go according to plan. So I had the privilege of this past couple of months 
um, being close to John and Moira and all of that. And there was a lot of stuff that had the potential to steal joy as they were preparing for their wedding day next week, Saturday. But so much of it is out of our control. And maybe even you yourself have had plans for this year, stuff that you wanted to accomplish, wanted to accomplish. But there are things that are beyond our control that influence whether you are having joy right now or not. So if you were to put yourself on the I have joy scale, zero meaning I have zero joy and nobody wants to be in my presence, and 10 is um, you have so much joy because you are getting married soon, like John. All right, so find yourself on that scale. Where's joy at in your life right now? Where's joy? And if you have a friend called Joy, don't think about her right now. All right? Think about the biblical joy. Where's joy? Now, throughout this series, we're going to take an approach to show you that God's plan for your life is to have joy, an abundance of joy. Are you guys ready for that? All right, so let's pray. Lord, I pray that we, as we get into the Word, that you will come and speak to us. I thank you that your Word is alive and active, Lord, and I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you make the Word alive to our hearts tonight. I thank you that you come and speak to every single person. We want to come and speak, Lord, to every heart that might, might be struggling to have joy in this moment. And we pray for an encouragement, Lord, and a hope to arise as we look at Scripture tonight. We pray for this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. If you go once, oh, thank you. Yes, Ethan, you are honored eh? tonight. Guys, can we give Ethan a hand? He's super honored. Come on. Um, so all of you have got something that you can put into that blank space there. I will have joy when ESCOM stops putting the price increase on um, power. Or I will have joy when I get a new car. Um, I will have joy when I'm able to go on mission again. All right? Um, when we drove back today from John's bachelor's, we drove past the airport and I said to John, this is a sad moment for me because whenever I drive to the airport and you see the aeroplanes, I'm like, yeah, we're going on mission soon. And I'm like, no, we're not going on mission soon. So I will have joy when we can go on mission again soon. But all of us have got something that you can put into that blank space to say, yeah, my life will be a bit better if this or that were to happen. Now in Philippians 1, we're going to be um, taking a look at Paul's perspective on joy. So a little bit of background, and you guys will maybe discover this as well as you participate in the reading plan. So in chapter 1, Paul basically makes this introduction, and he commends the church in Philippi for their partnership, um, their co-working for the work of the gospel. So he was writing to the church in Philippi because they have sent someone from the church with gifts and resources, financial aid, towards um, Paul while he was in prison. Everybody say, prison. Okay, whom of you have been to prison? All right, don't raise your hand. You... <laughs> All right, no, it's good. It's good. Um, did you do prison ministry, Kylan? Okay. Um, so, so Paul was basically responding to them to say, guys, thank you for participating in the gospel. Thank you for believing in the work of the gospel. Thank you for sending support and help to me. And so he sends this message and he commends them. He says, thank you for the work that you guys are doing. And whenever I think about you, I'm overjoyed. So in chapter 1, he uses the word joy a couple of times. He says, I'm overjoyed because of your faithfulness and your faith and your participation 
with the work of the gospel. I feel like I've changed colors now. All right. Um, and, and he says to them in verse 9, And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense, offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So he's giving this, commend, this commendation to the church in Philippi. But remember, Paul is in prison. Everybody say prison. All right, so that helps us to have a little bit of an understanding from the perspective from which Paul is writing this letter. All right, so um, the first thing I want us to touch on before we get into a portion of Scripture for tonight is the concept of, Ethan, come on, you're there. I hope you haven't been there the whole time. Um, but joy versus happiness. And, and I think there's a, a real concept for us to understand because if we miss this, then we'll be chasing after something that can never fill. All right. I won't say that. <laughs> You'll be searching after. That was now for dramatic effect, okay? So you obviously know whatever's coming next, you've got to listen. You'll be trying to fill a void with something that cannot. Okay, so joy versus happiness. Now, the one is internally governed or ruled, and the other one is externally governed or ruled. And when we speak about happiness, there are certain things that makes you happy, and there are certain things that makes you sad. I want to tell you that it would be weird for you to always be happy, because that means that life isn't happening around you, like you're somehow elevated beyond what's happening in the real world, and you're on this cloud, and you should maybe come down, <laughs> because you cannot always be happy. It would be unnatural for you to um, come to church and say, guys, my car was just stolen, but I am so over it. I'm so, like, I'm so glad. <laughs> um, some of you do purposely leave your car somewhere to be stolen. It would be unnatural for you to come and say, man, I failed my test this past week, but I'm so happy. Now, there are legitimate things that make you sad, but then there are things that make you happy when you pass that test, when you get married soon, or when you've asked her and she said yes, when you had your 21st birthday this weekend and people showed up, that makes you happy. <laughs> there are things that makes you happy. But if we are looking for, um, if we make happiness the ultimate aim, then you will live from experience to experience. And not all your experiences are good. Not all your experiences are joyful. Because sometimes stuff happens, life happens, and it's not always that great. And then when we look towards this, this thought of happiness, we often struggle with our relationship with God. Because now when I'm feeling happy because life is going great and all my prayers are being answered, then I'm feeling close to God. But now I'm not getting that breakthrough at work, and now I'm questioning, is God still hearing my prayers? Does God still see me? Does God still hear me. But joy is internally governed. And joy allows you to have a different perspective on your circumstances. So here we see Paul and he starts off and says, friends, I'm overjoyed by you. I'm overjoyed by your faith. I'm overjoyed by, by your partnership in the gospel. And then he goes on and he says, yes, I'm in prison and I long to see you soon. But you know what has been happening in prison? I've been able to preach the gospel, and some of the prison guards have been getting saved. 
Some of the people outside of the prison, some of the believers have heard about my boldness to preach the gospel and they've been getting more bold and the gospel is going out and that makes me happy. Paul is sitting in prison and he's saying, I'm happy. I'm happy because the gospel is going out from a place of having joy. From a place of having joy. So there's a space in your life where joy can enter in that is internally governed, internally ruled meaning it isn't influenced by your circumstances. So you can lose your job tomorrow, but still have joy. And then it allows you to have a different perspective on your circumstances, that you can even be happy in the midst of being persecuted, because the gospel is being advanced. So throughout these next couple of weeks, we're going to be speaking about this, this journey of finding joy. And it looks unconventional, because society wants to tell you that if you get that promotion, you will have joy. If you get um, that new car, then you will have joy. If you get that new house, then you will have joy. If you get to travel to that nation, then you will have joy. If you get to buy those new shoes, then you will have joy. But it's not the truth. You will have happiness, but happiness is only for a moment. Those new shoes are only new for a moment until you go stepping into something you shouldn't. Then that happiness turns to anger. <laughs> but God wants to do something a lot deeper in our lives. He wants us to be in joy. So tonight we're going to speak about one of the pathways to joy. Next week and the following couple of weeks, we're going to be speaking about different ways that we get to step into joy. All right, so if you are in your Bible, Philippians 1, you can turn to verse 19. Verse 19. I'm going to read for us from verse 19 up until 26. You can also follow on the board, but it's good for you to have a Bible. Who of you have a Bible here? Okay, you can wave your phone, it's okay. All right. So Paul writes, um, so after he's now told them all of these great things, he says, For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness as always, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. So Paul says, I do long to see you guys. But even if I don't, even if um, I do not get to see you guys, and this prison is the end of me, that, that Christ will be magnified. And in verse 21, for me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. But if I live in, on in the flesh, this will mean fruit from my labor. Yet what shall I choose, I cannot tell. For I am hard-pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. And being confident of this, I know that I shall remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy of faith, that your rejoicing for me may be more abundant in Jesus Christ by my coming to you again. So Paul makes this statement. And I'm going to basically expand two points for us tonight just from this one statement. Okay, so Paul makes this statement, all right? Um, and at the bottom of that, it should have like a hashtag memory verse. Everybody say memory verse. What do you do with a memory verse? You memorize it. Come on. All right, so on three, we're going to memorize this verse. One, two, three. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Now that's a huge statement. 
It's a huge statement that Paul makes. For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. So he's saying to the church in Philippi that I'm, I'm hard-pressed between these two things, that if I die, I get to be with Jesus, and that would be the greatest thing ever for me. But if I keep on living, then it's for your sake, so that your joy, the, your joy and your faith can keep on increasing, and that the gospel will keep on being spread. So it's better for you that I stay alive, so that my ministry can continue, but oh, I would love to be with Jesus. So Paul is saying he finds himself in between these two spaces. To live is Christ, but to die is gain. And the first point I want to touch on is the greatest experience of joy. The greatest experience of joy. So Paul says that the thing that would make, what would make me the happiest, the thing that would cause the most joy to come into my life, is to be with Jesus. Is to be with Him. If I die in this prison, I get to be with Jesus. And what a glorious thought. That to the extent that Paul says, it's difficult for me to now think about not being with Jesus anymore. And now I've got to convince myself again that, Paul, if I live, then I get to preach the gospel. Okay, that's also good. But man, if I could get to choose, I would, I would want to be with Jesus. And when I pondered on this thought a bit, it challenged me so much. Because in my mind, I've got this space where if, if God was to show me heaven, then... Um, there would be this space where you say, oh God, it's so good to be here, but um, let's go and reach more people. Let's go and reach more people. So I would almost be confronted with this thought that to work for Christ is gain. To work for Christ is gain. And to be with Him would be the bigger sacrifice. That God, there's so much that we can still accomplish. There's so much that I can still do for you. There's so many nations that we can still go to. There's so many places like Croatia that still needs to hear about Jesus. There's so many people in my campus, in my company, in our city, in my neighborhood that needs to hear about Jesus. So Jesus, before you take me away, can I just work for you a bit more? Maybe that's not the thing that tempts you. Maybe you say, God, I would love for you, I would love to go to heaven, but I would also love to know what it means to be married. <laughs> So God, can I just be married for a season before you come back? <laughs> Maybe there's this space where you have this career dream, something that you want to accomplish and say, just Jesus, I want you to come back, but first I want to climb this ladder a bit so that I can achieve my dreams as well. Or maybe you have a very noble cause and you want to create the cure for cancer or for, um, you want to evaporate COVID from the face of the earth. Um, and you say, God, before you come back, let's just first cure cancer, or let's just first cure this. Some of you guys are studying and say, God, before you come back, please let my studying time would not be for waste. <laughs> let me just get a degree, and then maybe work, and then buy a car and a house, and take my friends out for, for lunch. There's so many dreams that we have that we want to accomplish. We've got this bucket list of things that we want to do and see and experience, and sometimes we place that at the furthest end, to say, that's the greatest thing. And sometimes Jesus then becomes the stumbling block. And none of these things are necessarily bad. So if you go to the next slide, I love Jesus more than blank. See, all of us, all of us live with this tension. I love Jesus more than my beer after work. Okay, that's maybe an easy one. I love Jesus more than my need for new shoes. I love Jesus more than my need for a new guitar, Peter. 
Maybe that's like an easier one. It's like, yeah, sure. Lord, I'll give up my a, a guitar so that I can know you. I love Jesus more than buying a new car. I love Jesus more than moving to another city. I love Jesus more than seeing another holiday destination. I love Jesus more than my current career. I love Jesus more than my salary. I love Jesus more than my wife or my fiancé. That's where it gets tough, right? And it's supposed to be like that. It's supposed to be that we could put anything in there and we could say, yeah, I tick that box. But the reality is that all of us find ourselves in a space where there is something that you are struggling to put into that box. And then what happens is the moment we have something at the greatest extent of the the giver of my joy, I will always be left with a, um, a shortcoming when it comes to experiencing the fullness of joy that God wants over your life. So what happens is we put something at the greatest goal of this is really what gives me joy. Whatever you're not willing to put into that blank space there. And then what happens is we are disappointed, but we also fall into strife or performance. And we think, okay, I need to do more for God because then Jesus will be the ultimate thing. Or I need to um, maybe work harder at my career, then I will have joy. I need to spend more time with my wife, which you should, you should spend good time with your wife, but then I will have joy. And whatever it is that's not Jesus alone will again just disappoint you. And there will be a lesser experience of joy because we are trying to fill the void for joy with something that only gives you temporary happiness. Because only Jesus can truly satisfy. And that's what Paul is saying here. It's like he, he came from a space of encountering Jesus and to say, this Jesus whom I've encountered is the greatest treasure that I could ever find. I don't need to search any further. No relationship, no career achievement, nothing even that I do for God can compare to the joy of knowing Jesus. This is it. It's almost like saying, I've arrived. I've arrived at the very place that my heart has been longing for for so, so, so long. And because I have this understanding of who this Jesus is, the worth that He brings into my life, I can put anything into that box, into that blank space, because I've arrived. I've received Jesus. You see, sometimes in, in church, we fall into this trap where, where we think that God saves you because He wants you to do something. And we can even put purpose on the other side of knowing Jesus. So know Jesus so that you can get to your purpose in life. And we can idolize purpose above knowing Jesus. God didn't save you to use you. He saved you for you. He stepped into your life for you. He doesn't have this huge agenda to say, okay, now that I've got you, I'm going to um, give a lot of things to you to go and do. That wasn't His agenda. No, He saved you for you. He brought you back into relationship with, um, with Him for you, for you. He wants to be with you. He created you for you. He wants to be with you. And then from this space of knowing Jesus, yes, we do things for God. But oh my word, it comes from a space of having joy in knowing Jesus fully. So the first thing is that Jesus is the greatest experience of joy. Jesus himself is the greatest experience of joy. Above everything else, it's Christ. 
And then the second thing that Paul speaks about is the greatest expression of joy. The greatest expression of joy. And I love this. So Paul says, you know what would make me the happiest? Is to be with Jesus. But if I can't get that, guess what I'll do? I'll continue to preach about the joy. (laughs) The greatest expression of you having joy in your life is you sharing this joy with people. Sharing the gospel. It's telling people about this one whom is absolutely worthy. It's when we don't have joy that we also struggle with the expression of joy because we are still looking for stuff to give us what only Jesus can give. And then when you've not experienced that, it is difficult to share with someone else something that has not yet changed your life. The greatest expression of joy is when we share the gospel. And I want to say this. Those of you who've had the privilege of sharing the gospel with someone else and seeing someone's life change, when you've journeyed with someone, and Jan spoke about the discipleship, that we are a church that loves discipleship. It's that journey of helping someone to encounter Jesus, to receive the joy of knowing Jesus um, as the greatest treasure that they'll ever, ever, ever find but also helping to discover that this Jesus that you've now discovered is actually the very thing that you've always been looking for. And you help someone to discover Jesus. But then discipleship is also this journey of helping someone grow up in their relationship with Jesus. And when you see that happen in someone's life, there is no greater expression of joy that you will find anywhere else. doesn't matter what you achieve in your career. Seeing someone's life change because of the power of God, that's joy. That's joy. Nothing else can compare to that. There's many things that I would be willing to give up to see more people encounter Jesus, to see lives being changed. The greatest expression of you and me having joy is sharing the gospel. Paul writes this to the church in Philippi. And I think verse 27, is it on your slides, Ethan? Yes. He says to them, Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, absent, I may hear of your affairs that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. And I love this. Paul is saying, Guys, I would love to be with Jesus. If this is the end, I would be overjoyed. If it's not the end, (laughs) do me this honor. May your life be worthy of the gospel. May your life be worthy of the gospel. May you live in such a way that people are drawn to Jesus. May there be this expression of joy over your life because of Christ. May we live lives that are worthy of the gospel. I'm going to ask Ruel, it's on key, Ruel. You guys are so honored tonight, just to come up. And we're going to end just with a time of prayer. And I know when it comes to this concept of, of knowing Jesus as the ultimate thing, it's difficult sometimes for us to really understand where there, when there is also something else that you really want. It's difficult for you to grasp that Jesus can really satisfy the desires of your heart, when your heart is also really longing for something else. And I want to, sh- I want to tell you tonight that that's, that's, a, that's a, 
That's a natural tension. It's a natural challenge that you and I face. All of us face it. I find myself um, regularly in a space where I'm drawn between something that I really want and Jesus. And sometimes the things that I really want are not bad things. Sometimes it is seeing more people getting saved. But not at the cost of Jesus. Not at the cost of my relationship and my intimacy with Jesus. And all of you find yourself in a space where if we go back to that slide where there's a blank and say, I love Jesus more than, and then there's that blank. All of us have stuff that would be difficult for us to put into that gap. But when it comes to this concept of joy and to know that God desires for you to have joy and to have joy in abundance, you see, joy is attractive. When you live with joy amidst your circumstances, there's something in your life that would draw people to you. There's something over Paul's life while he's in prison where he has joy, where there's a peace because he knows Christ. That even the prison guard starts to say, Man, this guy really believes what he's believing. This guy really believes this Jesus whom, he, whom he's proclaiming. There's something different about this man's life. Don't know what it is, but I want it. I want to pray tonight specifically for those of you who are struggling with joy. And remember, joy is found in Christ. That's the first pathway to joy is Jesus. But the thing that we struggle with is fear. Will God really take care of me? Whether that thing that you were not willing to put into that gap is your finances, will God really provide for me? Maybe it's a relationship. Will God really love me? Like, will God really satisfy my desire to be loved? Maybe it's your career. Is Jesus really enough? Is knowing Jesus really enough? And we all have these things where fear wants to come in. And it wants to take you away from receiving the fullness of joy. And the only way that you get to replace that fear, the Bible says, it's the perfect love of God. It's knowing that God loves you. It's knowing that God really, really loves you. And He's only got good in store for you. Some of you are struggling to believe that God loves you. There's stuff that maybe that's happened in your life that, that's making it difficult for you to think like, yeah, Yaku, I know that you say that, but if you only knew what I did this weekend, God cannot love me. So there's some of you that have stuff that's recent that you feel is disqualifying you from being loved by God. And I also sense that some of you have stuff in your life that has happened years ago, years ago. And you are still walking around with that shame. And God wants to come and deliver you tonight. So let's close our eyes and let's pray. Father, I thank you that right now we can just proclaim your truth, Scripture. The perfect love of God casts out all fear. The perfect love of God casts out all fear. I want to come and pray, Lord, for every person that is having a sense of shame and condemnation right now, saying, 
I'm not worthy of being loved by God. If that's you, just while everyone's hand, um, eyes are closed, will you just put your hand on your heart? You say, I'm struggling to really believe that God loves me. Would you keep your hand there? Keep your hand there. Holy Spirit, I pray right now that you will come and silence the lie. In Jesus' name. Would you come and minister right now the love of God? And I pray that as your hand is on your heart, that you will feel the love of God burning through your hand onto your body. That the Holy Spirit is ministering God's love to you right now. Holy Spirit, will you silence that lie? Not my words, Lord. My words, Lord, have no power but you. And I pray that right now you will come and establish a truth in every single person's life that will not be shaken. That you will come and establish a truth that you are loved by God. And that you will come and give them an experience of the joy of the Lord. I hear that God is saying to some of you that I am overjoyed with you. I am overjoyed with you. I want to create a moment just before we end off. If you're in a space, you can, guys can stay in a moment of prayer. If you're here tonight and you're not sure that you're born again, you've maybe heard about the love of God and you've heard about being a Christian, but you're not sure that you're born again, that your life belongs to Jesus and that He has already made a way for you, made a, a, a prepared a place for you in heaven. If you're not sure, but tonight you want to make a decision to surrender all of your life to Jesus, to take that step of faith and say, Lord, I'm willing to put all of my life into that blank space. I want to give you an opportunity just to, to be prayed for tonight. And if that's you, would you just raise your hand? I'll ask one more time, and it's... Um, it's really, it's not for me. Um, I, I have zero desire um, that people should raise their hands just for the sake of raising their hands. But I don't want you to miss out on being assured that your life belongs to Jesus. Thank you. Anyone else? you to have a moment and just minister with her. You guys can even go out here front left. Okay. Thank you for the, the courage to raise your hand. Let's give her a hand. Come on.
And so we're going to have a, a, a moment now where we're going to just share a little bit from the Scripture. Um, and just to get allow the Word of God to get deep into our lives. My desire for us as a church is, and, and for you guys, is not just that we come to church, we receive a message and we go home and you come back next week. I have a deep desire that your life will be completely changed as you encounter Jesus over and over and over again. So we're going to have two discussion questions. All right, so I want you to find one person, not more than one person, because you guys can talk a lot. Um, and this is what I want you to discuss. It would be hard if Jesus asks me to let go of blank. <laughs> just share with the person, what is that thing that would be really hard for you to let go of? Um, and maybe just shortly, like why? Why would it be hard for you to let go of that? You don't have to go into a deep moment where you pray into it. Just share, what is that one thing that it would be hard for you to let go of? And then secondly, I feel God placing blank on my heart. And that is the place for someone's name. Who is someone that you know that could use a little bit more of the love of God? And then I want you in your groups of two just to pray for those people that you've placed in that blank space. Does that make sense? So what is really what would be hard for you to let go of? And who is one person that God is just placing on your heart? So I'm going to give you guys about five minutes. All right? Um, so let's just yeah, take a moment and share this. All right. Amen. Amen. I thank you, Lord, that every single person that we've prayed for now, that we've prayed for them because you've initiated the prayer. You placed them in our hearts. Um, and therefore, we can have confidence, Lord, that our prayers are received and that you are acting on them even right now. Amen. Amen. Um, I want to share two quick things. Um, if, if you were in that space where you felt God ministering to you, when you laid your hand on your heart, um, and you'd like, maybe like to chat to someone just afterwards or maybe receive a bit more prayer, um, can I ask you just to come to the front there by those plants? Um, and I'll ask Natasha and, and Rie just to, to maybe get you there. Um, maybe you've just got questions or you just like to um, you know, share with someone or receive a bit more prayer. Um, yeah, just to come to the front there, my right, your left. And then lastly, the last slide, Ethan, just a reminder that we are preaching through the book of Philippians. So next week, Marielle will be preaching um, and everybody's like, whoop, whoop. Okay, guys, I had a high-pitched voice there, so I want to hear yours as well. So everybody was like, <laughs> all right. Um, so, but we'll also be reading through Philippians together, and I really want to invite you. Um, yes, we're discussing the sermons afterwards, and, and maybe for some of you that's a bit weird and new, but that's okay. Um, after week three, you'll be used to it. God wants to speak to you. I want you to say that God wants to speak to me. Even you, we now want to hear you. <laughs> God wants to speak to me. I want you guys to have an expectation this next, these next couple of weeks that you're going to hear God speak to you and you're going to see God restore joy in areas where there was none. Amen? Amen.